0: Auburn's football coach went to a Christian event on his own time. The usual suspects decided that that somehow is a constitutional violation. I'm Stuart Shepard, and this is First Liberty Live. Did you know that we also post these episodes as an audio podcast? So when you're out on the, on the go, on the run, you can also listen into these. Just check on any of the major podcast platforms to search for First Liberty Live, and you'll find us there. Jeremy Dice is senior counsel here at First Liberty Institute. Hi, Jeremy. Hey, Stuart. I, you've had a busy day today. I appreciate your making time to come by and talk to us. The, um, the story is all about what happened at Auburn University. So first let's talk about what happened at Auburn University. Look there are some local members of the community there that were concerned about some of
1: the students on campus and they started praying for these uh, young people on campus and soon some other people started gathering together to pray some more and before long the arena was filled up and they were having this big event to be able to reach out to, uh, to young people on campus. Some students got this whole thing put together and it was all organized and Uh, We've seen this on college campuses across the country this year. Which
0: is amazing.
1: It really is, that there seems to be this movement of the Holy Spirit going on around the country, and uh, what happened is, towards the end of this event, they were trying to connect everybody to the local church, and one young lady raised her hand and said, I'd like to be baptized. Evidently, they're Baptists and not Presbyterians, because they had to walk outside to the pond about a mile away, and they started uh, baptizing some folks that wanted to be baptized. And then more showed up. And then more showed up, and more wanted to be baptized, and you know, before long, we've got the freedom from Lipton Foundation upset that uh, Coach Freeze was asked by one of his players who uh, was wanting to be baptized, if he would participate in the baptism, you know, like we've been doing since, since Christianity became a thing. Uh, so it shouldn't be any big surprise, but that's what happened. That's what the controversy was, and I, I think that's probably where it frankly ends in terms of controversy.
0: Yeah, well I, well, I've got the four-page letter, it took four pages for him to get it all in, from the Freedom From Religion Foundation, and they make uh, it, it has a lot of footnotes, but it's interesting, they don't cite any of our cases that explain why they're completely wrong on this, which, which would, would have saved them some time if they had done that but uh, they say their purposes are quote to protect the constitutional principle of separation between state and church I like how they flipped that right there and to educate the public on matters related to non theism do they have a point no i think the their letter is certainly lacking on constitutional literacy and
1: uh they no one should be surprised when people of faith do people of faith things and in the case of coach freeze and all those that are gathered in auburn they're just doing christian things as christians that should be no big deal we've been doing that for for decades for centuries in this country even uh the free exercise clause of the first amendment means very little if it doesn't mean that you can you know exercise your religion Even in public spaces like this, what what this group and others still seem to be living under is this old antiquated notion that uh, just because you engage in religion in a public space or even on a public campus or perhaps part of your job is related to a public employment, uh, that you have to hide your faith you you can't be a person of faith in public you can't be a christian and let anybody see you because you know that religion thing is like a virus we might have to quarantine you to, so that you don't infect other people that's exactly the the attitude that has led to the first amendment that's why we have a first amendment so that the government cannot tell you that uh, you have to practice your faith in a certain way and in a certain place or not at all. That's why we have the Free Exercise Clause, so that things like this, students like these, can go on campus and reference their faith in public.
0: Now, one of the reasons they send out letters like this is so they can get their faces on the news. And I saw one of their spokespeople on the news, and his main talking points involved government, coercion, in the Constitution. So I'd like you to respond to each of those thoughts and explain why he was incorrect in his understanding. First, government. Was government involved in this?
1: Well, no no further than the fact that this happened to be a state university. and, it, and But students on a state university are still free citizens and are able to recognize themselves under the First Amendment. And so they ought to be able to take advantage of that where they may they find themselves. Well, what about Coach Freeze and some of the other coaches that may have been involved in this situation? Well, they are also private citizens. The mere fact that you're employed by a state doesn't mean that you've been stripped of your rights under the First Amendment, especially not when you're on the clock. And so uh, that doesn't seem to apply here either. So really, there's really no government involvement here whatsoever. It's just students and members of the community coming together to pray, to sing songs about Jesus and to worship him. And ultimately, some of them were baptized. This is completely worthy of a yawn when it comes to looking at the First Amendment.
0: And exciting if you're looking at it from the point of view of the church i mean this is a big thing we're very sure. happy about it. Right, the second point coercion you've already dealt with this some, but go ahead and unpack it. yeah coercion
1: look that's again where some people are still living under an old regime of sort of the stockholm syndrome that uh, has occupied us for 40 years look in the kennedy case we got rid of this case it's no longer good law but there was this notion that if you're engaging in some sort of a religious practice adjacent to someone else so coach freeze for instance being employed by the state of alabama as a football coach he's engaging in religious things somewhere near a student who is uh, impressionable or whatever we can call this kind of sight coercion i can see you doing religious things therefore it must be coercive that regime is gone that is bad law it is very anti-american at this point and so What is needed now is actual evidence of actual coercion. Meaning, is the state requiring you to go to a religious event? Is the uh, state employee grabbing you by the neck and forcing you into a a kneeling position to pray? Is some state official uh, forcing communion down your throat or dunking you under the water to be baptized? None of that is present here. And no one has presented any evidence. And the Supreme Court has been forcefully clear on this, that in order for an establishment clause now to stick, You have to bring evidence. That group would have to bring actual evidence of actual coercion that has taken place. They haven't done that. It doesn't exist. And so they're going to be unsuccessful if they try.
0: I'm not an attorney, but the fact that this young man in the middle asked this coach beside him to assist in this would make it really hard, I think, to prove a coercion case, right? I mean, it sure seems that
1: way. I don't know when the last time I was forced to do anything I asked to be able to do. And so (laughs) it, it makes a lot of sense that there is no actual coercion going on here whatsoever. What you have in this picture and in other parts of this
0: event are just a free people doing free people things. All right, and the third point was constitution. How does the constitution play? Into this. Well, what do we know?
1: That's again what we've been talking about this entire time. Thankfully the, the case that we decided with the Supreme Court of the United States has led to this point where we're now much more free than we used to be. We're able to actually reference our faith on public school campuses. People of faith that are also employed by the state are not immediately suspect because they're engaged in religious activity and so it protects broadly in these things and yet here you see. Here's why we continue to do the work because some people still have not gotten the message and sometimes that includes public officials. Right, right now this is just a private organization raising a ruckus but But far too often we have government officials that are out there that want to go back to the old way of doing things, drag us back into the antiquated ways of uh, less than freedom. Uh, We don't want to go back to that at all. We've got the freedom that the Founding Fathers wanted us to have they would be completely nonplussed about the fact that there was a
0: baptism occurring in a pond in the middle of Auburn, Alabama. That would be perfectly accepted. And, and you hit on a key point and that is, I, we look at a silly letter like this and we know the problems with it. We know the shortcomings of their argument. But if you're a, a school official and this shows up on your desk and you've got to make a decision not understanding the principles at stake, you might give in to that. And that chilling effect I think is the worst part of letters like this because so many school officials, think they know the right thing to do but it's actually the opposite of what our rights are in the United States yeah, that's right and thankfully Auburn University has been excellent
1: on this they understand what the law is they understand what the Constitution permits and they've been very good at being supportive of what's going on there in Auburn some other officials have as well but I, the chilling effect let me extend that a little further because sure. I'm really concerned about public college students around the country that may want to engage in something similar to this. Uh, let, let it be understood very clearly that they have every right to be able to do so. That your free exercise rights do not end at the edge of your college campus. You've got every right to be able to go on your campus and engage in this type of religious activity. And if the school tells you otherwise, please call us at First Liberty or go to firstliberty.org so we can help you out. That's what There's, we do. That's exactly what we do and this is exactly why we exist.
0: Very good. I often when we hear these cases it deals with coaches and high school players. In this case they're college students, which usually we all understand if you're in college you're an adult, you can make your own choices, your own decisions. I was surprised this even came up. Help us understand the difference. Just between that, between a high school student and a college student, what's different there?
1: Well, they're 18 plus for one thing, so they're adults, and so that helps out, I guess, at least rhetorically, that they're they're able to make their own decisions, be able to process information ostensibly better than uh, high schoolers or junior high students or whatever it might be. Yeah. But truthfully, there really should be no difference. The First Amendment applies to second graders as much as it applies to sophomores in college and graduate students. And so we don't really change our principles of freedom in this country based upon the age of a human being. they're they're all still free people we ought to be encouraging free people to be free people rather than as some groups seem to want to be Uh, discouraging free people from doing free people
0: things. You talked about other government officials chiming in. This is Alabama not California that we're talking about. So the governor chimed in on the side of uh, the coaches involved to to defend them. only took her two pages to make her point. She said quote, as governor I can assure you we will not be intimidated by out-of-state interest groups dedicated to destroying our nation's religious heritage. That concept of religious heritage has taken on new meaning and power after some of the Supreme Court decisions that we've helped bring about. Help us understand this new idea of history and tradition and how it plays into understanding cases like that.
1: And this is going to take a long time
0: for public officials everywhere
1: to come to the same understanding that Governor Ivey has and and many government officials. All the way from governors, all the way down to city councilmen and dog catchers, they don't quite grasp this principle yet. But it, that's why we're, our work is undone here. We've got to keep on moving this forward to make sure they understand what the, free, the freedom that we actually possess. But the point is, is that as a nation, we have had a long-standing tradition of allowing. Let's just pick Christians for example. We allow Christians to do Christian things at Christian events. There's there's really no surprise to this whatsoever, and should be unsurprising every time that it occurs Uh, it's only it's only surprising right now because people are still upset that that is actually happening but our our country is replete with examples of things uh, taking place in public squares of uh, religious activity I mean we can go all the way back to George Whitfield and holding massive events in uh, in public uh, fields and public uh, places Uh, and having thousands of people come out to hear him preach the gospel, standing on a a stump somewhere. Uh, You could go on throughout the civil rights era and look at many different examples of people engaging in religious activity in the public square. And so many other points in our history that are too numerous to list where we have religious things occurring in the public square and no one's bothered by this. Why? Because we're free. We're supposed to be able to do this kind of thing. Uh, Aren't we supposed to be the envy of the free world right now with our protections for not only free speech, but also religious liberty? I would think we
0: would be. Now, let's talk about this history and tradition test that the court has established. You've just set the groundwork for it. How does that get applied in, in situations like this? Well, the very first obstacle that other groups are going to have to overcome is
1: evidence of actual coercion, right? So that's the first step they've got to overcome. And if they can't present even some simple evidence of that, they're going to have a hard time getting over the other back end of this test, which is this longstanding tradition issue which means do we have a tradition in this country of religious people doing religious things in the public square and if anybody can argue with a straight face otherwise i'd be interested to see it because our nation has been filled with uh, large meetings. I think, uh, just the one that pops into my head the most is the, the, the promise keepers event from years ago on the national mall. I yeah. mean, there's a whole bunch of about a, a million men, uh, walking up and down on the, uh, the national mall in Washington DC, singing praise songs, worshiping Jesus, preaching sermons, praying together, I mean, that, that's about as, as broad and big as a, of an event that you can possibly have. Well, there's no difference if that's taking place on a college campus by instigation of the students themselves. That's just religious people doing religious things in a free way.
0: All right. Jeremy, we have won court cases repeatedly on stupid challenges like this one. But we have to keep fighting because guess what? The stupid challenges just keep on coming
1: they do and not only do they keep on coming uh, so we've got kind of two categories one are the stupid challenges that just keep on coming because they don't want to go forward they want to go back to the old ways of suppressing religious liberty justice gorsuch in his kennedy opinion said that the the other side the the school district in that case represented by an atheist group they would have us suppress religious liberty in the name of religious liberty and that makes no sense at all except for the fact that that's what it seems like they're trying to say that in order to protect religious liberty we've got to censor and suppress it that can't be the meaning of the first amendment to have any actual meaning to freedom yeah. the other side of this though is where uh, government officials are actively trying to get around these protections that have been put in place, and, and unfortunately, we're seeing way too much of that. So we have these great wins of the Supreme Court of the United States. That's wonderful, but they really mean nothing if a) they don't stop people from doing bad things, and b) they're not being used by the people that are intended to be f- protected by them. And what we're facing right now in a number of cases is uh, local officials, after these cases have come down, trying to find ways around them. I'll give you two examples. One would be Carson versus Macon, where we protected the right of parents to have. Uh, taxpayer dollars to send their kids to a, a a private school a christian school well while that case was pending at the supreme court of the united states the main legislature was concocting a scheme to get around what they knew was going to be the inevitable conclusion of invalidating the the law that they had previously passed and so we're back in court now having to fight that same issue back to the supreme court we also had a case that uh, there was a second amendment case that came out uh, and eight days after that decision came down by the Supreme Court, the New York legislature passed a law that went even further than the previous law, by preventing churches from deciding who can and cannot carry a weapon to protect the flock inside their churches. We've had to file a lawsuit on that. We're at right back at the Second uh, Circuit Court of Appeals, trying to defend both the First and the Second Amendment now, because again, here we have uh, officials trying to get around these uh, these very protections. There's another example, actually, that just popped into my brain, where we yeah. have uh, zone laws that have prevented city officials from zoning religious uh, churches or houses of worship out of their neighborhoods well they're not even doing that anymore they're actually just seizing them by eminent domain or at least they're trying to and so we're, we're trying to we're, we're having to get much more innovative about how we defend against these things not only to preserve the the battles we've already won but to make sure that those are expanded into the future as well. So uh, our battle on religious freedom is far from over, and I don't think we'll ever be over, because as soon as we win one thing, we know those who are opposed to freedom are going to come and try to suppress that freedom again. And we're going to be back in the court to make sure that we all have our freedom. That's why we're defending what matters most.
0: Very well put. Anything else you'd like to share before I let you go? No, I just encourage folks to go to FirstLiberty.org to learn
1: more about this case and others.
0: All right. Jeremy, thank you so much. Appreciate the work you do. Thanks. And, And thank you for your interest in the topics that we talk about here and the work that we do. First Liberty, as Jeremy was just saying, is busier than ever pushing back against ridiculous challenges all over the country including the one with the, the coaches there at Auburn. It is vitally important that people have an experienced, successful legal organization ready to stand with them when these challenges come up. If you want to see America's religious heritage defended, if that's important to you, you can make that happen by supporting First Liberty Institute. Just go to firstliberty.org or firstlibertylive.com if you're on that page already and look for the big red give button at the top. You will be making a difference in the future for America. Uh, First Liberty is fighting for what matters most.